at every turn you were dealing with sexism. It, it's a you know it's a recurring theme in the book. You've seen progression. I mean, since the seventies. Yeah, yeah. Let me say first that if people who, if young people say who are in their thirties and early forties don't understand this, take it from somebody who was around who's seventy now. You know, I yeah, mean, yeah. The whole uh, the whole sexism thing has come a long way. There's still a lot of problems with it because it's really deeply systemic, but it really has improved a lot because when we started out. It wasn't a question of trying to cure sexism. It was just a problem of navigating it, you know, being able to figure out how to get, do what we wanted to do and get things done in spite of all the sexism. And maybe punch Patrick McDonald in the arm and, and sort of yeah. make a point that way. Yeah. Right. But you can't think of any other way to do it. Just slap them. Yeah. No, <laughs> no don't. <laughs> you just heard Rock and Roll Hall of Fame vocalist Ann Wilson of Heart on her 2012 memoir, written with her sister, Nancy Wilson, Kicking and Dreaming, a story of heart, soul, and rock and roll. Anne's just released a brand new single, a very topical cover of Steve Earle's The Revolution Starts Now as a digital download. And you can pick up a 7-inch copy signed by Anne on Blood Red Vinyl that's coming December. It's sold on annwilson.com. I'm Gregory Day, you're listening to an ad-free episode of the Portland Podcast. Multi-talented vocalist Elizabeth Giz of Portland's Blondie tribute band Glass of Hearts joins us later on in the show. But more now from Anne Wilson on her new single. You've got a new single out, and this is very topical, and it's on Blood Red Vinyl come December 16th. Are you excited for this release? I am. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it's really timely. <laughs> I think that the song was written as a as an anthem to wake people up, just, you know, bring them to, to consciousness and to try and work against the natural uh, inclination to to divide, you know, when you don't agree with somebody, you separate from them and you learn to hate them, you know. And I think that right now in our country, our population is so divided that it's, we got to do something about that quick. And I love the idea of having blood red vinyl. I just love that. I'd love to see that on my record player. <laughs> That's great. That's great. <laughs> I actually have heard that from a friend that you contributed to a Mike McCready charity album. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was quite a while ago, yeah. So now it's just coming out now? That's cool. It's going to be coming out very soon, yes. No, that's very exciting. Yeah, Kevin Moyer mentioned that yesterday. I've already got a bunch of new songs, and I've recorded six or seven of them already. And uh, I plan to drop them one by one starting in about a month. I'm not really that interested in making a whole album um, right now. I just think one at a time is good. Well, that's the modern thing to release a bunch of singles. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, one good one at a time rather than 
14 songs where you might have two good ones and a whole bunch of filler. You know what I mean? Right. So that's what I'm up to. Yeah. You know, I really loved the, the final song in In Focus, your, your documentary film, Fighting for Life. It's, it's a great song about vitality. And that I found that very inspiring, what you said after that song played. I, I really enjoyed Fighting for Life. I think it's a very strong track. Well, thank you very much. I'm, I'm still working on on really developing that one. Really? Yeah, because what I what I've released on that song so far is a demo. And I like the demo a lot, but I just hear it in my head just so much more developed. So, you know, that'll be coming. Glad to hear it. Uh, more music on the way. Always good to hear. I really also enjoyed reading about the early years of Heart, uh, you know, the struggles, living off a 100-pound bag of rice. I don't know how you carry that. I don't know how you navigate a 100-pound <laughs> bag of rice in a, in, a, in a van. Some very funny stories. Also in this book, you're trying to find Paul McCartney's farm in Scotland. Yeah. That was a riot. That was a riot reading of that story. Yeah, we were we were Beatles <laughs> fans for sure, you know, and, and um, we it just so happened we had the money and the time and we went over to England and rented a car and just drove up and down the country and did the pilgrimage. Yeah. And it it must have been <laughs> yeah, I I got the feeling it was great to be anonymous for once. Oh, it was awesome. And um, I, I still remember sitting with my two friends in the car at a ferry dock um, on the way over to from the mainland to Campbellton. Uh-huh. And and the rain was just pouring and the, the ferry was not running and the surf was wild and everything. We were just sitting on this dock going like, do we really want to do this? <laughs> You know, like, right. maybe, like maybe he'll be there and we'd be, you know, bothering him or something. So as it was. We... Right, right. <laughs> Just don't go knocking, you know. Uh-huh. You're very open in the book. You don't you don't hold much back, even to this day. And I think what that's what's most inspiring about you is that you're still inspired to this day. A lot of that has to do with Dean. And he seems to be a source of inspiration for you. Yeah, I think that, that one of the things about our relationship that uh, my and Dean's relationship that makes it work is that I had so much baggage that he is helping me unpack. Really? And uh, Mm. I think likewise, you know, I think I'm doing that with him too, because he's, he's got a savage heart and sometimes I can calm him down. I mean, it really is a give and take thing that seems to work. Reading about your open adoption, that was very fascinating too. It, it's, <laughs> it's it's a book that covers so much of your life, and I recommend it to everybody. It's available on your website, so, and you can get an Ann, an Ann Wilson face mask on there too. There's, there's a lot available there, <laughs> made in the USA lithos and much more. And uh, yeah, yeah. You know, you did actually meet Paul McCartney. You did that did actually happen. God, the Beatles are, are a big part of this book, and you, you also open up about your stuttering, which I found surprising that you you had a problem with stuttering early on. Oh yeah, you know I was a really shy kid. Very much so, yeah. And I just always felt that everything was wrong with me. So I went to school, and um, it was just prime for me to develop something like a stutter, which I did, and I really worked with it and, and suffered with it until I started to sing. And then it really smoothed it out for me. And also, uh, you can't exactly uh, retain your shy stature going up in front of 10,000 people every night. You know, I mean, you're just going to have to deal with it, right? <laughs> right. So. 
it's it's not exactly the the place for high shame. So you touch on a lot in your in your book you know, how inspired Seattle musicians were, you know, of your work. To see you inspire the the next generation, that's gotta be that's gotta feel that's gotta be better than a hit song. I mean to to see all these young artists be inspired by work you did when you were in your twenties must be a very unique experience. Yeah. Totally, yeah. Yeah, and the 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 bands of Seattle back in the nineties and early two thousands were called it was called the grunge yeah. era, right? And those bands, um they had surprising uh, influences. They they liked people like Joni Mitchell and Elton John and <laughs> those types of people. So they weren't necessarily only influenced by people like Tool and Nine Inch Nails and stuff like that. They they had this whole lyrical side that influenced them too, which I thought was surprising. And I think that's yeah, that's that's kind of where Heart fit in for them. And also, I gave him free beer in my house. That's right. Incredible jam sessions. <laughs> yeah. And you were a big part of the grunge scene. I mean, you you were a big part of that. Yeah, for sure. And um, I felt like the biggest thing that I contributed to that scene was giving them all a place to gather without judgment and like in safety. And um, they could jam, they could drink, they could smoke, they could swim in the pool, and they could. I'd call them a cab and get them home. Yeah. <laughs> so you know. <laughs> you released an album, Immortal, uh, in 2018. Yes. Lots of covers on that album. Would you like to touch on that at all? Because that's a that's a unique project for you. The Immortal album. I wanted to make it uh, to pay to honor artists who had who'd passed on in in recent times. So all the songs are covers by people who just died recently, and um. It was really lots of lots of fun to do. Very satisfying. And uh, you know, I've never had any any moral quarrel with um, doing cover songs. I mean, that's how I started out. Led Zeppelin, right? And, and right, and just like, and even before that, back before I was in rock bands, we were doing like Pete Seeger songs and Bob Dylan songs and all that kind of stuff. So um, yeah. It was just natural as pie for me. And uh, one thing I do want to touch on in you know the early days of the band, so much sexism in this book, uh, Kicking and Dreaming. Lots of sexism at every turn. That's, I think that's why you, you touch on Spinal Tap some, because at every turn you were dealing with sexism. It, it's, a, you know, it's, it's, it's a recurring theme in the book. You've seen progression, I mean, since the 70s. Yeah. Yeah, let me say first that if people who, if young people say, who are in their 30s and early 40s, don't understand this, take it from somebody who is around, who's 70 now, you know, I yeah, mean, yeah. The, whole, uh, the whole sexism thing has come a long way. There's still a lot of problems with it, because it's really deeply systemic, but it really has improved a lot, because when we started out, it wasn't a question of trying to cure sexism, it was just a problem of navigating it, you know, well, um, being able to figure out how to get do what we wanted to do and get things done in spite of all the sexism. We had to swallow a lot of stuff. And maybe punch Patrick McDonald in the arm and, and sort of yeah. make a point that way. Yeah, right. Well, when you can't when you can't think of any other way to do it, just slap them. Yeah. No, <laughs> no don't. 
Very direct. I, I love that. And uh, I really love the in, in the live performance and in focus. I think that's some of your best work you've ever put out. It really is remarkable. It really is so inspiring. That you're just hammering out those tunes and belting them out. And the crowd is, is loving it. It really is a special film. And this is a special song. The Revolution Starts Now. Great message and uh, lo lovely visuals, too. Hoping for more. Thank you so much, Anne. Really appreciate yes. taking the time. More is coming. Good. Well, thank That's you great. Really hey, appreciate it. <laughs> Cheers. Good talking to you. <laughs> you too. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much, Anne Wilson. Now we're going to switch gears and connect with Portland's own Elizabeth Giz, a Portland's blunty tribute band, Glass of Hearts. Oh, boy. I, yes. I did, hold on. I'll start over again. I did not hit the record button. That's the most oh, yeah, important thing. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I'll start over again. I'll do my uh, radio, my radio intro here. Liz Giz, it's great to connect with you, and uh, we have connected on social media, and I'd like to talk to you about uh, ESL tutoring. Now, you're involved with BIP Kid. Can you tell us about that? Oh, yeah, that's awesome that you've asked. It's a teaching platform uh, based here in the United States for teachers, and actually in Canada as well for native English speakers. Um, and basically, I work with children who are in China that are wanting an immersive English experience. And I am more or less like, I think of it as like edutainment. It's a lot of uh, singing, honestly, and uh, like you know, mannerisms, expressions. I, I'm, I'm meeting with them remotely, you know, so I, I'm on camera. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. I love it. <laughs> now, I understand that uh, Chinese children don't like dust. They don't like chalk dust. I don't know if you know anything about that. Or have you traveled to China? <laughs> No, <laughs> I've never actually been. The Chinese have a thing about chalk dust. They, do, they don't like that chalk dust. That is so dust. interesting. I heard that from another teacher who did uh, ESL over in China. <laughs> so they're they're using whiteboards. I'll yes, guarantee it. <laughs> yes. I'd actually like to learn more about uh, a VIP kid. Now, how did you get involved yeah. with that program? Uh, same way that I got involved with the band, honestly. Um, I am a big Craigslist surfer, and I was job hunting like you do, uh, using the multiple online you know, search engines. And I was looking for something that helped me uh, work from home. I really love working in my band. I can, I'm kind of like a, we're all managing, so we all have kind of like work to do. Um, and keeping that up. And I wanted to really focus more on me. And how do I do that? Take work at home. And this was a really just a just a perfect opportunity for me to apply my master's degree and my experience. And um, yeah, and then I had never really worked from home and been my own boss. So I was up for the challenge. And that now I'm doing full time, uh, essentially. And essentially. how's the connection? It's, it's all Zoom, I'm assuming. Yeah, no, actually, they have their own uh, I don't know the words is for it, but I had to download something <laughs> that's like, you know, some kind of like, <laughs> again, platform is this word that I'm going to use a lot today. Um, but some kind of like uh, <laughs> made frame, if you will. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, but, I, but then I also use Zoom for private lessons and, and out school and everything. So Zoom is, is like dominant in my day-to-day. -day. <laughs> yeah. You posted uh, screenshots online, and I see some big smiles from the children and yourself. Um, yeah. Now, this job gives you great joy. Yeah, you tapped into that. Hold on, I'm going to close this window. Um, 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's that's exactly why I do wake up at insane hours. I wake up at three forty-seven a.m. <laughs> and I Good have afternoon. thirteen minutes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I, I have thirteen minutes to get ready. But I tell you what, I don't. Is now need your bedtime or? Uh... No, I'm a big napper, so I. I actually go to bed probably about like a regular 30 plus year old person, like nine something, you know, and <laughs> wake up and then work for four hours and then go back to bed for a nice little nap. And I woke up about two hours ago. So <laughs> I love it. I, I have a great life. I love my little schedule that I'm on. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, and yeah. well, that that's, that's one thing you do. You also are a model. Yeah. You uh, have modeled a Thanks. wedding dress on K2 Channel 12. Actually, Channel 2. I was doing a bit of a, a deep Google. I did oh, Google wow. on Liz you Giz. Did find it. Yay! Yeah. I wondered. Yeah. It's a bit creepy <laughs> when people uh, dig into your, your past and, you know. Well, I have a lot of stuff to dig into. Uh, it's <laughs> funny. So. <laughs> but we are, here, we are here to talk about uh, your band, yeah. Glass of Hearts. You actually played a show <laughs> on August 29th. Uh, this was part of something, a hashtag called Play Music on the Porch Day. What was that all about? Yeah, my drummer had this great idea for us to get together for rehearsal because we actually have a private party, fest, uh, like an outdoor gig this weekend that we have had no rehearsals for. And so this day kind of flashed up in his memory. Uh, it was advertised, must have been somewhere, something. Um, and he, we just decided to combine our first rehearsal back from quarantine uh, or the lockdown or whatever you want to call this mess. And then... Uh, and it just happened to be this great day. So we did it. I mean, there, there, yeah, there wasn't much to do in terms of uh, advertising. We just had to kind of warn the neighbors that we were going to be playing loudly on the porch. Well, it's, it's, <laughs> there's a lot of members in the band. There's a lot of members in the original uh, Blondie band. Right. And uh, you sound great. So I'm, I'm assuming a lot of practice must be done. So that must be difficult. It's been, It's you know what, the it was difficult to imagine coming together after having had so much time apart and not playing and definitely admitting that we hadn't practiced as much as we should have, but we have such a synergy and we have such a going back to your, the joy, joy is like a theme in my life and joy. It comes from, uh, comes from this band as well. And I think we all get joy. All of each five members get our own specific joy that we've harvested from this experience. So to get together again was just like, ah, we both, we all needed it. There were so many moments where we were, you know, making eye contact through our masks <laughs> or whatever, you know, just kind of like hearts, you know, just <laughs> beaming from our, our eyes. Yeah. We were so grateful for that. Right. Right. The concept of joy. Where's that come yeah. from? Was that something just uh, inherent or instilled upon you uh, as a child? Or is that something <sighs> you're just uh, aiming towards? I'm tenacious. I think I am like a, a joy maker, joy farmer, joy, uh, just a joy fan. I just have to, annoyingly, I wake up happy. That can be a problem for some people. <laughs> now, I know you've read uh, Debbie Harry's biography, or at least yeah. are reading it. And what have you learned about the, the character of Debbie? I know you're sort of playing Debbie, oh, Debbie so Harry cool. cosplay with those great wigs and, and those outfits of yours. The most yeah. recent video you posted is almost, it looks like an exact replica of a Debbie Harry outfit. That's what we're going the for. Black dress, yeah, we're, yes. Yeah, we're trying to uh, redo this uh, music video of theirs. 
we're going to release a music video here on our Facebook, at least in a couple of days and on YouTube. Um, and we're doing these composite videos. So you saw my submission there and I'm recreating an outfit that's directly from that hardest part music video. Right. And that yeah. was a difficult moment for you just getting it, uh, getting it right. I mean, you having to do multiple takes <laughs> by now, yourself, you know, yeah. like you're by yourself and it's just so <laughs> it's <weird. laughs> frustrating. <laughs> What's the dynamic of, of the band? I mean, yeah, I'm curious what you've learned about her character from reading the book and uh, what's the dynamic with your band? What's your band like and uh, what's your relationship like with them? Oh, I love that question. Um, I think if there was one thing that parallels between her and I, it's that we are very understanding and accepting of everybody's uh, unique contributions in the band. She had a, from what I read and from what I'm kind of gathering from all of the footage and what have you, she was just so cool, calm. She knew exactly what she brought to the table, but I don't feel that she was kind of like a diva about it. I feel like she just had high expectations um, that were put upon herself. And then you as a band member, you have to kind of bring it or if you're not bringing it, then she has, has no problem realistically, you know, thinking more about the band and not about... I don't know, emotions and that sort of thing. She's just so cool. Mm -hmm. And your band, you, what, yeah. what, what about your band? Any parallels with your band? I think that I am, I like to think I'm pretty cool. I don't think I'm a diva. I, I've been told that my guitarist said I could be a little bit more diva if I wanted, which I thought <laughs> <that> was cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think uh, we, fortunately, we don't have any drugs, you know, so there's no heroin parallel. <laughs> um, but we're all bringing the effort of knowing that like this is fun and that it doesn't need to be hard and it could be so easy if we just re re we just do our work you know, I've been yeah. reading reviews of uh, Debbie Harry's book, her biography and I've, mm -hmm. I've read that uh, she didn't really open up as much as people would have hoped but mm -hmm. I have not read the book. I, I love reading biographies, though. It's something I'm sort of addicted to. I read uh, John mm -hmm. Oates' biography recently. What are you getting from that as far as oh, as far right as her here. character? Yeah. yeah, I like the way that she, I actually just borrowed another book that was written by her and Chris Stein. And it's called, oh God, what was it called? I wish I had it. The Rise and Fall. And then Rise Again. <laughs> the rise again. So I can't remember. Oh no! But it was what's a, a rising but, going on? So yeah, there's a lot of <laughs> phoenix <laughs> rising. Um, so she, I think, writes in a tone that you can hear her voice really well, which I like when you have that, you know, that voice going on in your head where the author has a rich enough specific voice quality with the way that they write that you can actually just hear them in your head. And so I get that from reading that book that I borrowed and this uh, Face It autobiography. I like to face it though, because she does a lot of storytelling. And you know, the thing about storytelling is like, if she's intoxicated and this is so long ago, how much of this has warped or, or you know, been remembered incorrectly or whatever. What stories um, specifically yeah. uh, does she reference in the book? Oh, I love her relationship with Iggy Pop. I've always kind of wondered about how oh, on yes? earth. Yeah, how those two, because they don't, to me, I mean, that at a time, they were, you know, they were iconic for their time, for sure. And I just love the idea of those two actually separate from their stage personas being kindred spirits and friends. That, to me, is the interesting part of 
celebrity is like the human side of things. So I feel that actually, yeah, that's my favorite thing about Debbie Harry is that she, I, she tells these stories of being around icons like Bowie or Iggy Pop. And, and there's a, there's a sense of her, like she belongs there. She is an equal. There's no like idolizing. She's just treating these people like people and that's what they are. And I guess I get caught up. I mean, I'm, my job is to play pretend. So I kind of have to idolize. (laughs) It's part of my job. They were unbelievably popular in 1982 uh, Mm -hmm. in the UK and just a global sensation. And much like yourself, she was also also an actress. She acted in what 30 plus films Mm -hmm. and you're an actress, too. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yes what have you uh what have you done and uh what do you plan to do or is that something you hope to continue with yeah no it's always been something that i've been doing since i you know a wee a wee child um but i don't you're see acting it stopping. on stage yeah yeah stage i've done some commercial type work i've done some background extra work commercial I've work done. Yeah, let's see. I've done, I mean, I say, yeah, because I'm like, oh, it's, you know, like I did a cable commercial for, you know, something in Pennsylvania, like those kinds of cool one-off gigs. And again, going back to Craigslist, it all comes down to being online and like finding these random gigs. And I love that about life. (laughs) Now your vocal performance is dead on listening to live performances, especially. I always love watching the live performances because you get a real sense of how strong the vocal performances really are. Sometimes that's lost in studio performances. I think you've touched on this before. Vocal warmups is something I'm very interested in myself. Mm -hmm. Vocal warmups. What do you do? What is your process? (laughs) Any tricks, any tips of the trade? Oh gosh, do it. I mean, five minutes every day. If it's, if anything, if you consider yourself to be a speaker, a a vocalist, if you're using your voice in a professional manner, I think you need to absolutely have a vocal warm up. It's a standard. Um, But then, yeah. What consists of what? Sorry. What does your vocal warm up consist of? Oh, it could be anything from. Uh, yeah, humming, yawning. No, honey. Like, Do you have honey? Oh, yeah. honey. I see what you're saying. Like care. <laughs> yes. Ah, uh, I, I would. I actually don't do a lot of that kind of upkeep, which is <laughs> so funny that I'm like, if you're a professional, get a warm up. No, I. Well, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if people have honey or, or chamomile <laughs> yeah. tea or anything I, like that. I like that you've asked that. That would be a reactionary move. If I knew I was getting sensitive or overworked, I would absolutely have some tea with honey. But yeah, <laughs> uh, I actually just watched a Liam Gallagher documentary film nice. and he loses his voice in South Africa and he has to ca- cancel a concert because of his voice. So it's intriguing yeah. to me. I, I use my voice a lot and I'm, yeah. I interrupted you. Uh, I'd like to do you let, ever. No, no, like no. Yeah, but you, do you ever feel exhausted? Do you ever feel that strain? Yes, from... because I'm teaching a class right now at work. Yeah. I have a day job, and I teach a class, and I get sick of my own voice. I'd like to, t- to ask you again, you know, yeah. and not interrupt you this time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. Your vocal warm-up, what does that consist of? How often do you do it? Do you do it right before a performance? So my vocal warm-up, honestly, is a lot of silly sounds. So I'm humming, I'm cheering, I'm trilling, which is... Oh, I do that, yeah. Yeah, I'm doing a lot of diction exercises. You know, like ridiculous sounds that if someone walked into the room, I just have to make a gesture. Like, just please. Yeah. Can you do more <laughs> yeah. of those funny sounds for me, please? 
Oh, sure. Let's see. What's another one? Um, let's see. Like a slide whistle, Whoa. right? That's a Whoa. great one. Impressive. That's more <laughs> impressive than the singing, I think. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you sound like that guy from Police Academy right now. <laughs> right, with the sound effects. And that's why I'm in this Blondie band. I, can, I have a chameleon voice <laughs> going back into it. Yeah, and do you do any of the covers, or is, is it just Blondie? I mean, it, it's a great band to cover. There's, uh, there's right. so much material there. How many albums? Eight? Ten? Oh, God, I think it's ten. I think you're... <laughs> I mean, now they have... Uh, I think they're working on something. Did I imagine this? I think there's something in the works now, but... I actually have kind of a pet project that I'm working on over this lockdown. I am working on my own Kate Bush impression right now because I'm, I just love her. It's and, difficult. Very um, difficult. She is totally different than uh, Debbie Harry's vo- vocal resonance, so it's been a lot of uh, working on my high... Out in the wild, out a, a high, whoa, high pitch, whoa. you know. <laughs> that is high. Yeah. Weathering so, heights, yes. Weathering heights, exactly. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and I actually write. I do write originals. I, I, ugh, I don't get excited to share them. That's why I hesitate to speak clearly with that word. But <laughs> as far as other bands that I'm in, I've been in a few. But uh, Glass of Hearts is the one that's tried and true. Well, Kate Bush is semi-retired now. I think she did mm-hmm. uh, some live shows not too not too long ago, maybe about five years ago in the UK, and she released them on Spotify, so they are available out there. But mm. she is well-loved to this day oh, in the certainly. UK very much. And I'm really surprised at how many Americans, you know, remember Kate Bush and, uh, uh, you know, respect her work, her body of work, because there really is nobody quite like her. And she keeps coming up when people, you know, uh, recount like who are their influences. And Kate Bush is a name that keeps coming up over and over again. Oh, she's so dynamic and so sincere in her theatrical performance and stage presence. You were right. There is no one like her. She, I only discovered her a few years ago. She blew my mind. I was <laughs> really the the visual aspect of the band. Now you, you wear a lot of wigs. It seems like you spend a lot of money on the outfits. I mean, you, the bodysuits, the the tiger print leotard. That's a big mm-hmm. part of the presentation for this band. If I can be brutally honest, uh, I think I might even quote Debbie Harry. Some I'll pra- paraphrase her, but it's that sex sells, and that I know. That out of tribute bands, I I am like, you know, I'm a front woman, so that's kind of cool. (laughs) But then I'm also on the younger end of lead singers and and tribute bands, I tend to be. So I was going to, you know, work with what I got. And I'm also the sexy icon, or I shouldn't say I am, I am embodying the sexy icon. So it's only fair that I have fun (laughs) with all of my outfits but i definitely don't actually spend a lot of money <laughs> i uh i try very much to use the portland resources that we have here with all the second hands mm-hmm. stores or you know just the great shops around town yeah well there's yeah. some great photography too on glassofhearts.net yeah. what's coming up you, you mentioned a video project a side project for you do you have any ideas for 2021 for next year and uh, we... a- any other outfits <laughs> you know that you're planning on <laughs> wearing course. on stage Absolutely. The outfits are just, that's, that's the easy part. <laughs> um, but next year we have been so lucky. Uh, most of our gigs that were set for 2020 
were rescheduled for about the same date for 2021. So all of our festivals rebooked. And uh, I think there was maybe one or two shows that we are uncertain about rebooking. But it looks as though next year will be really exciting. And this is just a pause. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And finally, uh, I'd, like to, I'd like to ask you if you could do your Bane imitation again, if you're into uh, cosplay. Uh, I don't know if you're into yes. cosplay at all, but uh, do you plan on doing Wonder Woman or anything like that in the future? You know, that's, I'm that's open a silly to question. all ideas. Yeah, no, I love that idea. That's a great, it's a great one. I am into costumes, wigs, and accents. So any anything, yeah, give me the opportunity. I do have a pretty excellent main accent, I have to say. But how are you how doing you do that? It? How are you doing that? I, I plug one of my nostrils with my thumb and, and I take my hand <laughs> and I make the bone mask over my muzzle here. And then I just try to sound like I'm Winston Churchill. <laughs> busy lady, and you're, you're busy teaching and shooting videos and acting, modeling. You can visit your website at uh, glassofhearts.net. You can check out the wigs, the, the outfits, the uh, the houndstooth jackets, and uh, the, all those uh, very very tight outfits, the leotards and bodysuits at the I website. Have you have fun yeah. with it, and boy, you really hit those notes. I mean, not Thanks. every uh, not every performer can hit all those notes because Debbie Harry had uh, quite a dynamic voice. What do you mm-hmm. attribute your dynamic voice to? What was the question? Who do I credit that to? Yes. Now, you've been uh, oh. singing for how long? Oh, I have been in voice lessons. I've been singing competitively since I was 16 years old. Competitively? Really? Yeah. I started in Bar- I, I, yeah, this is a whole other tangent, but I started in Baroque festivals here in Oregon. <laughs> Baroque? Really? <laughs> yeah. I was singing <laughs> opera style music, you know, so <laughs> that's oh, where wow. it started for me. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's exciting. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Well, thank you so yeah. much, Elizabeth. <laughs> Elizabeth Giz, Liz Giz, and That's we can me. find you on Instagram and uh, the band's on Instagram too. What's the Instagram for a glass of hearts? Uh, underscore glass of hearts underscore. Mm-hmm. Look out for new yeah. shows in the new year and a new music video. Thanks again, Liz. I really appreciate you taking the time thank and you. Uh, much obliged. So good to speak with you today. Oh, yes. You too. Cheers. Thank you. All right. Bye. Thanks so much, Elizabeth and Ann Wilson. My name is Gregory Druka Day. I produce and edit this show. If you'd like to contact me directly, you can reach me at greg at pdxpodcast.com. We'll be back with a brand new episode next week. See you then.